This episode of the Travel Freedom Podcast is sponsored by World Nomads Travel Insurance. This is the insurer we use personally and recommend for all digital nomads, long-term travelers, and backpackers. Yeah, so if you're based in any country other than the United States, you can get a 5% discount for your next policy using our code WN. 5DP. If you are based in the US, sadly, federal law prohibits the use of discount codes on travel insurance products. I don't know. That sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. But you can still support the Travel Freedom Podcast by using the link. We'd really appreciate it. So just head to travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads. Bink. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Maxi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 047. In this episode, we visit Innsbruck in Austria, and we sit down with Peter from Innsbruck Tourism to talk about food, fun, adventure, and some unusual festivals. The so-called Sonnenwendfeuer, they lit um, kind of figures on the mountains with fire. So they have kind of, and when you look on the mountains from the bottom, you see like a, a giant cross or something like this, and it's all lit up with fire. And we discover the best local Tyrolean food Innsbruck has to offer. So literally it came out in a, a metal dish that could easily have been heated, and it is just big chunky bits of beef on top of all these almost like sauté potatoes with chives and some onions and a whole fried egg on top. Welcome once again, listeners. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on in your part of the world? Yeah, what's been happening? Hopefully something sunny and fun. Not in Australia. It's been no. bloody freezing down there. I'm so glad that I, we're in Europe. <laughs> it has been pretty hot here in Bucharest. Yeah. Now, today's episode, as regular listeners will already know, we're on a massive 30-day press trip across Europe during May Ooh, and June. It was exhausting. It was pretty intense. Uh, one of the awesome destinations we visited was Innsbruck. Innsbruck? Innsbruck. Innsbruck. In Austria. Innsbruck in Austria, that's one of the destinations we went to, and we had a really good time there. So today's episode is all about Innsbruck. Yeah, this was the Alpine capital of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So it was also, some of you might know if, if you're a If you're little, a skiing fan or a winter a, sports fan. Yeah, you might have known that they hosted the Winter Olympics in 1964, 1972, a little before our time, but you know. If you're into bit. that, if you're into that, that's you, you might know about that stuff. Because of the skiing and bobsledding, it is really known as a winter destination, which is why we wanted to go in the summer and see what the city had to offer on warmer days. Yeah, we're not a fan of the cold. No, don't do that. No. No. No, the cold is not as good. Although skiing is fun, so I've it's never worth been. going. I don't know. I've never been. Trust me, it's fun. It's worth bracing the cold. I only touched snow for the first time when I was 26. Yeah, it's a crazy thing being an Australian. Yeah. But we were actually really impressed because what we found when we arrived in Innsbruck was a really vibrant, lively, young nightlife. Yeah, it's actually a bit of a student town. Yeah, they which have is good. amazing brew houses, craft beer, of course. Of course. That made us very happy. And then also plenty of strudel and sausage. Yeah, in fact, speaking of strudel, let's get straight into some strudel love with some clips. Strudel love it. We're eating. <laughs> 
happens. It happens a lot, actually. We are actually in Austria eating strudel. I didn't really realize much about strudel. I didn't know much about it at all. Obviously, I've had apple strudel, mainly from a supermarket yeah. or in a restaurant, maybe in, in England or whatever. And you think it's like a lot of pastry with a bit of fruit and that strudel. But right now, I'm eating a bacon and mushroom strudel. I'm eating a gorgonzola and broccoli strudel. That's freaking yum. It's mostly filling, not flaky pastry. Yeah, so it's not all pastry. Yeah, it's lots and lots and lots of filling. In fact, if anything, it is so much filling and not even enough pastry, which is crazy. So to explain exactly, we are in Innsbruck, the town of Innsbruck, and this particular cafe, the Strudel Cafe, is called Kroll. It's recommended to us by the, uh, the marketing manager of Innsbruck Tourism. So if you're coming to Innsbruck and you're having some strudel, then this is the place to eat the strudel. And have a beer, because we're having a beer with us. Of course we're having a beer. It's after midday. Mm. It's served with this mayo as well. It's good. Yeah, it's really so yeah, it's about five euros for a nice big chunk. If you get it takeaway, it's a little bit cheaper. And yeah, it's surprisingly light compared to what you expect it to be like. And broccoli and gorgonzola, well, you can't go wrong, Kenny. That's a classic combination that's awesome. You don't even really like broccoli. I like it with gorgonzola. Yeah, apparently. Anything with blue cheese on it is good. Yeah. 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 Strangely enough, I'm devouring a salad right now. Just the past couple of days in Switzerland, we haven't been able to afford to eat. So it's been a lot of bread and bad salami. So I'm hoovering down this salad. As pretty as Switzerland was, it's very expensive. You certainly wouldn't get this strudel for this price. No, you'd be paying at least double, if not more. So yes, fortunately, uh, eating eating out in Innsbruck is relatively affordable by Western European standards. I would say it's cheaper than France. It's uh, maybe similar price to Italy. Beer is readily available. Yeah, the beers are always pretty decent price, sort of three to four euros for a large beer. Not bad for these parts. Mmm, yes. So we did have some tasty strudel and details of the Kroll Strudel Shop, which is right in the center of Innsbruck, so it's quite easy to find. But uh, you can head on to the show notes for this episode, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 047, and you can check out their actual website. Other than strudel, though, sausage and beer of known importance to the Austrian people. That's true. Uh, now, we tried out some street sausage. No jokes, please. <laughs> but we decided in the end, after trying out one of the food trucks, that actually for an extra euro or so, rather than standing on the street eating sausage, that's also not a joke, <laughs> not a joke. It's a serious thing. It happens in Austria all the time and other countries. And uh, street sausage. It's street sausage. Love street sausage. Instead of that, we actually figured for just like a euro more go and sit in Stiff's Keller, which is like this old traditional bar right in the center of town. Very cool and place. And those prices are actually really affordable in there. You're not paying a lot more than from the food truck. So like, shit, that's a great idea. Right? It was also like three euros for about half a liter of beer. Yeah, so that's like almost a pint. It's like, well, they have in America like 20 ounces? No, I yeah, I, I don't know. But you know, it's like a large beer. It's your regular large sized beer about three euros it's pretty good yeah. it's like three dollars fifty us at the moment and yeah. the food is really affordable as well so it was like three to four euros for the the basic sausage snack and then you could get like a big hearty you know austrian meal main yeah, meal for uh, less than 10 euros bulky meal will keep you full up for a long time and uh, the waitresses wear traditional clothing. <laughs> they do. So this might sound real touristy, right? But it's actually it's not. It's not like in a like lame way. It's just like they're 
you know, keeping a part of their heritage alive or something. Yeah, because this bar, it's really is a traditional bar. It has been around for hundreds of years. I don't have the exact date, but it's it's one of those places with the, the all the, how are they called? It's like, it's a beer cellar. It's a beer keller, as they call them. Yeah, so area. there's like lots of stone. So it's like lots of stone walls, but then you've got like the big wooden arches and stuff. It's stone, white stone arches. Yeah. So it's a real, it's very traditional style that they have. Yeah, so you're gonna go in there and it's gonna feel like a real typical old Austrian bar, which is cool. Um, people really still cool smoke place. inside, uh, but not in every room. They have non-smoking rooms. They also have an outdoor seating area. So obviously during the summer. Yeah, just awesome. sit outside. Yeah, and sit outside. And yeah, waitress service in cool clothing. You can get some funny photos probably with uh, people dressed up. <laughs> as well they gave yeah. us free strudel what was it cheese was, strudel cheese strudel they didn't know what to call it for the english people to understand on the menu and so they brought it out and they're like can you tell us what you would call this in english because we don't know and it was like a it was like a cheesecake strudel yeah. but warm warm yeah, cheesecake warm strudel it was delicious it was really good but yeah warm cheesecake strudel yeah so we got a free strudel for offering to change their menu to to make it more accurate for English people to know what they were getting. Yeah, because it just said cheesecake it, on the menu, which is yeah, which is very wrong. People. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be very confusing for English people. So yeah, that's a cool way to get free food. I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> yes. Um really, this I think this was probably my favorite bar in Austria. I mean, we went to Innsbruck and we went to Vienna and we went to a few bars in each place, of course, because that's sort of what, what we, we do. do. Yeah, just it did not feel as touristy as it sounds. Genuinely really cool. Yeah. Now, speaking of old things, while we were in Innsbruck, we got caught up in some really shitty weather, which was preceded and then uh, also followed by perfect weather. So we missed out on any of that because like we weren't there. As we were pulling away on the train, the, the clouds parted and the sun came out and it was the most perfect day. And we were like, no. Yeah, so we got a little bit unlucky. So uh -huh. our plans to see lots of epic mountain scenery, which had been the original strategy, turned, turned, into, yeah, it turned into sort of uh, museum of visits instead. But fortunately, and this is, if we'd done the mountain stuff, we'd have never been to visit this palace, the Hofburg Palace. And actually, I loved it. I was really impressed. It was really, really cool. It's uh, where the Habsburg family, the rulers of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, this is all pre-World War I, they would stay there when they weren't living in Vienna. Yeah, actually, we've got a clip, so let's play that. There'll be more creaking. It's something about Austrian floors. They're all creaky. Creaky wood floors. Yeah. It's <laughs> quite funny. But we are... We are in the Hofburg Palace. Yes, the royal palace here in Innsbruck, which uh, has a lot of history to it. It's obviously the second palace to the main one in Vienna. The many royal families came through here. Creaky. Creaky, creaky, creaky. Currently sitting in the dining room, which is rather grand. Of course, the entire place is rather grand. And they've got it all set out as if it would be set out for dinner. Yeah, so they've got... In the 19th century, this one. A massive centerpiece that's made out of bronze. It's just intricately designed and it's got different cake towers and candelabras and flower holders and, and different statuettes and different things. And apparently this can be extended to be as long as... Did they say, like... 36 meters? Can't be 36 meters. That seems fit in this room. Hmm. 36 feet. Maybe 36 feet. So it can be extended as far as 36 feet. 
yeah. depending on how many people you were having over for dinner. It's a big dinner. I don't think I've ever had a, a dinner party that big. Certainly not. No, and definitely not with a, a massive centerpiece covered with flowers and different gildings. And yes, they were saying it makes it very difficult to speak to someone across the table, but that was very improper. Oh yes, you yes. wouldn't speak to someone across the table? Absolutely not. No, you just speak to the person next to you. Yes, that is. You better hope you don't get sat next to someone boring. I know. <laughs> it's like, how do they work out their dinner seating? It's like, oh no, not Fred. Yeah, I'm stuck with Fred. I always get stuck next to Fred. That would be Franz. <laughs> That's Frank, really, isn't it? I don't know what Fred would be in Austrian. Fred's. Fred's. Put a Z on the end, that would be right. But yeah, this is part of, we get free entry here with part of the Innsbruck card. Yeah. And it's definitely worth seeing. The audio guide is included in the price. You just need to show some ID. And the audio guide is really in-depth. It's actually got some fantastic information. Yeah, I think the reason that this site is a lot better than some of the other ones I've been to is it has a narrative flow. So it starts with like the earlier stuff in the 1700s and the late like 1600s. And it goes through like, the death of the, the current emperor at that time and how his wife took over as the ruling part of the Habsburg Yeah, she was Empire. a badass. Yeah, she was uh, She, she was, was not putting up with a male-dominated kingdom at all. No, so there's this giant room. It's actually called the Room of Giants. It was originally because of Hercules was uh, depicted on the walls, but she completely refurnished and repainted everything. And now it is uh, all pictures of her family. And she had 16 kids. 16 children. And it's got pictures of all of them, including grandchildren and Even extended the kids families. That, that died in infancy. She's like completely honoured everybody in her family. Yeah. It is a stunning room. Absolutely yeah. breathtaking. And um, the artwork is just exceptional. And the candelabras. And it's just amazing. Yep, so essentially if you do pick up the Innsbruck card, I think it's 33 euros for a 24-hour card, and it's mm -hmm. only a little bit more for a 48-hour card, and you can do quite a lot of stuff. So many things. And, and this is a great thing to do on a rainy day. It's yeah. a rainy day here. Uh, Innsbruck is a bit of a outdoorsy kind of place, but we've scored a rainy day, and coming to visit the palace is a fantastic option. Yeah, you will not be disappointed wandering around here. And you can make your 33 euros back by going and visiting quite a few different sites in one day. And all the public transport is free if you've got the card as well. So that's really helpful. Yes, so it is ostentatiously over the top gilding and like murals everywhere of the finest art. But it's what you would expect a palace to look like. Yeah, like it's what it you want a palace to look yeah, like inside, you know. Yeah, it's really beautiful. You just walk through all the ages, you know. And in order to do so, you've got to pass through like so many halls. And Each one's decked out with a different sort of styling from a different year. Like this one's got these chairs and these portraits and this style and of this, painting. And this time, this was in fashion because such and such had been to the Orient. And so everyone was oh, into yeah. Oriental fashion. They had the Oriental room, which was apparently very typical in Europe to have an Oriental room yeah. in fancy houses. And so that was also really interesting. And the rooms lined in luscious silk yeah. and just crazy. Crazy, but we actually got the audio guide while we were there. We quite often do opt for the audio guides. It's majority of the time it's really good. Sometimes it's not so good. But this is actually probably one of the best audio guides. I just dropped a pen. You're throwing stuff around. Sorry, I just dropped a pen. I got excited and I flipped it on the table and it flew stuff. away. 
But anyway, it's... I gave you wine to drink, and instead you're playing <laughs> with pens. Jesus. But audio guide, it is one of the best audio guides we've had in Europe. I'm going to lay down and say it was the best audio guide I have ever had in any... Ooh, was there I another destination know. that the beat it? Killing Fields in uh, Cambodia the Killing Fields in Cambodia really is good. really good. Okay, so it's in my top three best ever audio guides. I would guides. let it sit there, yes. Yeah, and so I'd have happily paid the nine euros to get into the palace. In fact, we didn't have to because we got an Innsbruck card and we got that provided by Innsbruck Tourism because, of course, you guys probably know we already we work with tourism boards when we can when we go and visit destinations. And uh, we said we'd give it a mention and a, you know, a little bit of a, a look-see. Well, we were really impressed with this particular city card. Like, uh, most places, have city passes these days and I have to say Innsbruck really is value for money you actually get like tons more than it's worth yeah because I hate it when you get a city card and it's like you're paying 50 bucks for whatever and you have to go and see all this shit that you don't actually want to see just to make your 50 bucks back. or you only get like you know 20% off in the gift shop yeah 20% off oh I bought this card and I'm gonna save one euro so yeah that would suck, but the Innsbruck card is not like that. This is one of the few ones where you can easily spend way more than the value of the card within 24 hours. Well, I mean, hours. even just the trip on the cable car and the, the funicular is is about yeah. the same amount as what you'd pay for the card. Yeah, because it's 30 euros to get up to the top of the mountain. Obviously, you need better weather to do that than we have. So, you know, wait for a weather day that's good. And then the pass is only 33 euros. So as, if you're doing the cable car ride and you're riding public transport like once, and you've just paid there. off the car. And we went to museums and everything as well on top. So absolute, yeah. Yeah, and it's, the zoo. We went to Alpine oh, we went to Zoo, zoo. Yeah. which would normally be like 10 euros entry or something. It's yeah, it's around that price. It's, definitely value price. it's probably one of the only city passes I've seen that are really solidly valued. Yeah, 100% value for money. If you want to get a lot of stuff done in a day or two, then get the pass. If you're a slow traveler, you might not be too fussed about getting through everything, but you know, have a big day out and get your money's worth and feel yeah. pretty happy about it. But if you do want to hear more about our experiences, well, actually, you can't hear it. You're going to have to read it. Read it. Sorry. We wrote an article. Um, it's part of our Food Fun Adventure series that we were doing uh, in conjunction with this URL trip. Doing. We, we are, are continuing this because it's been quite popular. Yeah, we're still releasing our Food Fun Adventure. So head to our blog, 5 and that's what features uh, Food Fun Adventure and plenty of other articles that we write as well, if you have a good yeah, to Yeah, you can just jump in the search box and type in Innsbruck and it will come up with the Food Fun Adventure article. Or you can jump on the show notes, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 047. And that will also have a link going straight to that Food Fun Adventure article. Right now, though, we met up for a delicious traditional meal with oh. Peter from Innsbruck Tourism, who'd been helping us out with the Innsbruck card and all that sort of stuff. Oh, we had Kaiser Spatio. Mm. We're going to be talking about that. That's cheesy, delicious, sort of Austrian pastry, Germany pastry. I, I don't know. We're talking about more noms. in the clip. Jeez, but yeah, noms. food, attractions, history. We talked about loads of stuff. So this is going to be a pretty cool interview live from a restaurant. Authentic, real happenings. Yeah, it's at the starters. It's grey cheese with vinegar and oil, a red onion and bread. I'm not seeing this menu. You have a different menu. Uh, yeah, because you menu. have the ones with all the different languages. We have the English menu. Uh, yeah. So they see where it is. They're not offering this to uh, 
Yeah, to English people? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is just for locals, a secret okay. key. Maybe because they know no English people would ever <laughs> choose it. Yeah, maybe it's not. so strange. <laughs> I would always try. Maybe they've put it somewhere else. Well, either way, yes. Yeah, we, <laughs> we will have it. cheese. Do you okay. recommend this one then? Yeah, because it's very local, it's very heavy, so... We can share one. Yeah, yeah we'll share one. If you want some as well, obviously. The, but I got something else. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, we'll just share one, because we're going to be so full at the end. True, true. But maybe you could explain again about this. Uh, this is like a local cheese dish. It is, yeah. I mean, the grey cheese is very kind of a heavy cheese. It's from the local like mountains. It's very typical for the area. And it's a very basic dish. So people had it in former times where they had, didn't, there wasn't a lot available. So they just put oil and vinegar on it and some onions that they had left over. And some leftover bread as well. Of course, here everything will be fresh and fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. Like my father really loves it, but I tried it as a kid. It was, it's no, yeah, then, no, no. <laughs> when you say it's a heavy cheese, you mean like it's very hard? It's, it's, or no, it's, uh, it's, it's not mild in the taste. Oh, it's, it's very it's very strong and, and heavy cheese. Uh, ah, um, strong cheese. And in regard to like the consistency, it's also not it's kind of it's not really hard, but uh, it's not a soft cheese either. Yeah, so it's medium. medium, medium. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I like that sort of cheese. Strong flavored cheese. Yeah. That's good. And can you pronounce the name for the recording? Yeah, in German it's Graukas mit Essig und Öl. And in English it would be great cheese with vinegar and oil. Nice. Oh, I'm looking forward to trying that. Well, there might be options in the. Yeah, in your secret menu. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we'd like to try something that is very much Austrian, yeah, yeah. original Austrian food. And actually, I was going to ask you a question about this because I saw with the schnitzel. Now, everyone around the world seems to call this Venus schnitzel, yeah. but it's Vienna schnitzel. It is. Yeah. That's the actual pronunciation. Yeah, it's like we say Wiener schnitzel, and Wien is like Viennese. Wiener yeah. Viennese. So Vienna schnitzel. So it's a Vienna schnitzel. Yeah, but, but it's it's very typical for entire um, Austria. So yeah. it's, it's not like just Vienna who invented it or something oh, like this. Okay. Oh, okay, it's just a yeah. name that it's... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so you would also pronounce it Vienna. Vienna schnitzel, yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought when I saw that it was called a Viennese yeah. scallop that it was, we've been pronouncing it wrong. In <laughs> but we'll be in Vienna um, in a week. Maybe so something, something else, very local, is a soup with Milzschnitten. Milz, it's... <laughs> part of the body that is next to the liver, kind of. Kidney? It's very small, no? It's not no. a kidneys. I don't no, know. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe they have it here as well. Was du was Milchschnitten auf Deich sein? Auf Englisch? No one knows. Milchschnitten? No. Wir können Milch googeln. Es gibt viele Sachen noch nicht drin, aber Graukast ist auch nicht drin. Der Graukast? Genau, dann habe ich gerade versucht zu erklären. Die Weinbergschnecken? Das Beef Tatar? Und der Kalbskopf. Okay, ja, eben. Aber das sind alle Sachen. Lokale Sachen, das werden sie probieren. Oder Loka so. Ja, es sind die lokalen Sachen, was wollen. Genau, genau. Sagen wir so, die Leber ja. steht auch nicht dran, zum Beispiel. Okay. There's yeah. no English word. There is, but she just explained that exactly these typical Tyrolean dishes are not in the English menu because no, no foreign no. people no, will no, ever no, try no, no, no. it. <laughs> it is kind of, you, you have to be a bit brave to try it. We are brave. <laughs> brave. So, okay, okay. <laughs> some English people are brave. <laughs> Not many, but some. Most of them. Yeah. No, not most. No, no. lots of them just, just want chips and this one, <laughs> potato and nothing else. But chips, chips and sausage. Yeah, that's what uh, most. That is what they. I 
bottom. Did yeah. notice there was a bit of sausage yeah. potato in here? Well, most English people. But, but it was it was also the, the the things I ate when I was there. So okay. <laughs> yeah, it's popular in England, so yeah. people yeah. stick so, with what they know. It's not really something else. <laughs> No. But I found out what Milchschnitten are. My translator says spleen or milk. Oh, it's spleen. Ah, spleen. Okay. Yeah. okay. And they kind of have it in like slits or small slices mm -hmm. and serve it in the soup. Okay. Very traditional for the area as well. And she just told me also the beef tata is not on the menu of the English words. Do you, you know beef tata? Yeah, of course. Yeah. People, people eat it. Yeah, yeah of course. Eat it. It's traditional. Because it's not the menu. It's Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, and they also have snails here, but oh, yes, it looks very French, but it's also available here, of course. And a set is lamp head. They also don't have in the English menu. No, English no one orders the lamb head. Yeah. It's okay. As I've had lamb head before, I'd probably try something different. Okay. Yeah. So, any other sort of traditional? Um, have you had Kassspatzeln? I don't know. What is Kassspatzeln? They're kind of um, dough noodles with cheese. Oh, as well. I saw that. It looked really cool. And it's very typical for the area as well. I, I would be happy to have dough noodles with cheese. Yeah. Dough, or is it like dumplings? dumplings? Like ball? Like a ball? No, it's not a ball. It's like small kind of dough noodles. Dough noodles? Yeah. It's, that sounds cool. That's, that's how they always kind of translate it because yeah. there's no real proper one for Spatzeln. Like yeah. spatzeln, you can have it done with cheese, you can have it done with spinach, <laughs> and sometimes as a side, here's a main. So it's very typical for the I'm area. sold on that. Yeah. I'll have that. Okay, I'll have that one. one. Now you're turned to cheese. Oh, excuse me. Okay, so we have the grey cheese for both of you sharing. Yes. And then the kalspatzeln yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay, let's see what else we can have. Like normal steak and Wiener schnitzel you probably already yeah, had. Yeah, you know that. Typical. I mean, there's also fish, but it's quite... Oh, have you had Tiroler Grüschtel? It's um, typical for the area as well. The Grüschtel is a um, kind of a mixed fried up of potatoes, onions, That is meat, actually in our menu. Egg. I was yeah. looking yeah, that at that. That one is in English menu. Yeah, yeah that and looks that pretty was. good actually. And like even the name of it is like Tyrolean. It's Tyrolean Grüschtel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Tyrolean fry up. And of beef yeah. and bacon bits. Yeah, that looks pretty, pretty good. So that's typical for the area as well. I don't think they have anything kind of weird. <laughs> like you, you've ordered all the weird things. We've already eaten yeah. all the weird stuff there is. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, they have lots of, like at the moment there's the asparagus season, so they have lots of asparagus um, mm -hmm. soup and, and dishes. Yeah, well, I mean, the next Tyrolean dish, that would be cool. Try the local mm -hmm. sort of style. Good, because I wanted that. We can share. All right. <laughs> yeah, and we get to try the local cheese as well, so this is a pretty good combination. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you could also, also maybe try um, the goulash, even though goulash kind of is always connected to Hungary, um, but like Austria-Hungary, they shared a uh, history, yeah. and goulash is very common here in the area as well. Oh. So question if you want to try something like this as well, but yeah. Running out of stomach space. Yeah, there will be not <laughs> too much, much too much. food. Yes. Are the portion sizes here quite big? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Typical for the mountains. Yeah, we've Maybe. probably chosen enough. So do you want the grey cheese? Yeah, we'll share, we'll share, share it. Yeah. Do you also want this soup with the milk slices in it or not? Is that quite a lot of soup or is it small? It's quite small. Yeah, maybe just one of them. Yeah, well, we can share that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you happen to know, like, do you know like the history of strudel at all? Like where it originated from? Is it a German thing? 
Is it an Austrian thing? Is it a well, good question? Yeah. yeah. In general, between like this German and Austrian thing. I mean, we are two separate countries, but we both speak German and we share lots of history. So sometimes the Austrians try to like be the father of something that was invented like some near the border. We do that like in Australia too. Yeah. Like pavlova is really famous in Australia, which okay. is like a meringue mm-hmm. with fruit, but it was invented in New Zealand. Okay. But we're like, that's totally ours. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fun because sometimes there are two dishes and they have different names, even though they're completely the same in both countries. For example, in Germany, you have, you call them uh, sausages, Frankfurter sausages, uh, which is Frankfurt, the city. And here in Austria, we call them Wiener sausages, Wiener Würstel. Uh, Even though they're completely the same, and both kind of cities fight over who invented it or who made it first. But you never really know. And I think with lots of the dishes, we have it the same way. Apple strudel, to be honest, <laughs> I don't know the history of it, I don't know where it invented from, but it's known that it was served already to like the kings and queens in former times, so it must be a really old dish. And I guess maybe some farmer had some apples left over and made some pastry and just said, oh, let's put it in, maybe it's nice. Yeah, exactly. So I think lots of the dishes originated like this. For example, the Tiroler Gerüstel that you're going to have as a main originated as maybe like a leftover menu. Yeah. You have some it sounds like left leftovers. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Of onions. Some oh, there's some beef leftover. Let's just fry it up and do it together. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's quite similar. The dish sounds very similar to like a hash. If you go to America, they do this. They throw the potatoes in. They have it for breakfast. Okay. And egg and maybe bacon. I haven't had it with beef or seen it with beef before. So this is yeah. going to be... And I'll see how different the flavors are. Yeah. But yeah, they eat that for breakfast there a lot in America. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Americans are coming over, they definitely want to have that on the menu. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of they'd like to try. A little that. bit familiar, but something with a new twist. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's always no, good. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. As far as strudel goes, it's one of those the realms of history. Who knows. Exactly, and from anywhere. especially like we are known for the apple strudel, of course. But as you've been to the strudel cafe Krill, we have lots of strudels, and yeah. especially the savory ones are quite nice because you're not used to it. And when I have like foreign guests over, I always go with them there because they're so amazed, and because it's really nice, and you're not you're not thinking of something like this. No, so and I think the nice. thing that we were really surprised, surprised with is like yeah. strudel that we've ever had overseas has been a lot more pastry and less filling mm-hmm. where yeah. here it was just Lots filling. Of, yeah, yeah. It's all filling and just a little bit of pastry like it's not a really heavy meal because it's like yeah it's not so much pastry it was really good I loved it yeah I think we have this problem abroad everyone gets strudel from a supermarket and they don't get to try freshly made you don't see it in bakeries as much no not really not in Australia and England no if you did yeah it's lots of pastry maybe just a couple of little pieces of apple throughout it like it's mostly pastry when I was living in London for two years and of course I tried to find some kind of German or Austrian kind of supermarkets or restaurants and so on and there was like some bakeries kind of offered something like strudel but it was not comparable no (laughs) not at all we noticed here that if you lived in, in London you would know of Aldi Mm-hmm. The supermarket. Yeah. Why is it a different name here? A good question. You don't know? Um, I actually <laughs> no, don't know. Maybe, maybe because maybe the name sounds nicer. Because Aldi, I don't know, we, uh, here it's called Hofer. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's just a coincidence, but like the Tyrolean local hero is called Andreas Hofer as well. So he was a freedom fighter of Tyrol against Napoleon and so on. Um, but I guess this is just a real weird coincidence that yeah. the same name here. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was really interesting. 
So we were like looking up Aldi and we're like, there's no Aldi's yeah. here. And then we saw the sign and we're like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, it looks a bit like a Rice Krispie cake. <laughs> it is it's actually, It's actually like, because it's like little bits of cheese all connected to each other. Is it, it's not fried or anything, that's just how it comes. No, it's not fried. So this is cold? Just cheese, yeah. Yeah, it's cold. Wow. <laughs> With a sprinkling of onions over the top. Well, I guess I should taste it. Yeah, give it a taste <laughs> on the recording so we can find out what this cheese tastes like. We're just, we're cheese fanatics. Yeah, we do eat cheese around the world. for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the liquid is just a, like a brine? It's a vinegar. It's, it's oh, it's the vinegar. Yeah. Oil and yeah. vinegar, yeah, that's right. Mm. It is strong. <laughs> but it's not strong like you'd think. Like, say, uh, it's not strong like Gorgonzola is strong. It's not strong like a mature cheddar is strong. Okay. It's got that uh, sort of earthy strength to it. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I've just been delivered my soup. <laughs> mm. Very nice. You can describe it as well. Yeah, okay, let me try. It's, um, it's got that sort of, I don't even know what the word for it is. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of earthy. Cheese that leaves you speechless, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. So it sort of gets stronger as you chew. It's almost like right out of the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like just pure form cheese straight out of the sheep. That's how it tastes like. Yeah, it's like a subtle strength that doesn't hit you straight away. It sort of just it grows, grows, it builds. Yeah. So yeah, very different from an English strong cheese. It's very strong. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, very strong. <laughs> And this one, what was this one again? Uh, the spleen. The spleen. The spleen. The spleen sliced. Look at you eating the spleen first. I'll give it a try. <laughs> I just ate the cheese. <laughs> no, I mean like before me. It tastes like I imagine spleen would taste. Oh yeah? It's quite nice. The soup is really nice with it as well. It, mm, that's nice. Is it like the spleen is sort of splattered? Uh, it's like a yeah. dough around the spleen? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, some, okay. some bread with the spleen. Okay. I did think spleen shouldn't look like that. That makes more sense now it's got dough around the outside. <laughs> no, it's not just spleen. We just don't really know like why the name shaking bread is a bit, but that's how we call it. Like in Germany it's Schüttelbrot and it's kind of shaking bread. Yeah, yeah but, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. The, the dominant name don't make, doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> so it didn't make sense in the first place, let alone changing it to English. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not actually from North Tyrol, it's from South Tyrol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's got like aniseed in it, or is that like fennel seeds? Mm, Might be. Cool. Yeah, it's got this little. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fennel seeds. Yeah. yeah, so it's got quite a strong flavour. But yeah, as mm. she mentioned, it's from South Tyrol, mm. like North and South Tyrol, like before the, like after the First World War, like they got split. Mm -hmm. South Tyrol came to Italy, and like Austria always had like close connection to Italy because of South Tyrol, like. We reign several provinces in Italy and so on, and therefore, like the Austrian cuisine has lots of influences of Italy, um, and that's why we also have um, lots of the traditional Schlutzkraften. I don't know if you've heard of them. They are kind of similar to pasta, but comparable to tortellini. Okay. They're filled with spinach and ricotta. Um, and they're served with hot um, butter. Mm. And it's very difficult for the region here. Even though like, lots of things it's from Italy, but it's from here just because it's pasta. This just shows um, that we have lots of influence from them. Ah. 
Yeah, it's a very, very strong flavor. So certainly interesting, but it might overpower the palate of some people. <laughs> that's why it's not on the English yeah, menu. Yeah, that's a bit too much for many people, I think. Yeah. So if you want to try this, you have to order from the German menu then. Yes, <laughs> the special German menu. Because I don't know, have we had Spain before? I don't know, I mean, maybe we had it as part of a combination of other meats. But yeah, because if you can imagine what liver tastes like, it's sort of the next step up in terms of strength yeah. of meat. Obviously, liver is reasonably strong meat anyway. Because it's strange, in England you eat liver and kidneys. People are used to eating this, but spleen's actually never on the menu. No? No. <laughs> So that's yes, that's why I've never really yeah. eaten it before. So some new tasters for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think so. I'm gonna have to eat more cheese before mm. <laughs> you just eat it all last sure. time. Make sure you have it with some onion, it tastes oh, yeah, really good with the onion. Good. Putting vinegar on cheese is different as well, I suppose. That's not mm. something you normally it's take. It's like white vinegar, white wine vinegar. Mm. The onion balances out the strongness of the cheese. Mm. Makes yeah. it a bit more evened out. Mm -hmm. So you actually like it? Or I do like it. it no, 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 no. If I didn't like it, I'd be like, okay. thank you. I like the cheese better than the spleen. <laughs> Which is not a sentence I ever thought I'd have to say. But yeah. Yeah, well, we're big fans of cheese, so. Yeah, we love cheese. We, uh, the stinkier the better is. That is definitely right for you. <laughs> yeah, this is very right for cheese. Yeah, I guess if anything, it's closest to Swiss cheese, the really strong Swiss cheese. For anyone listening who has, has, yeah, like the really strong stuff that they say tastes like feet. <laughs> but it, <laughs> some people say if it's really strong, it tastes like feet. Oh no. <laughs> but, uh, but not in a bad way, like feet. Oh, good feet. Yeah, good good feet. Feet. How do you know how feet taste? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm. So what soup did you order? Um, I ordered an asparagus soup. Because mm -hmm. at the moment there's the asparagus season, so you basically get all the dishes served with asparagus if you want to. And it's really nice, I really like it. Yeah. yeah. You can't like, go wrong with what's fresh and in season. Yeah. And it's like locally, seasonally, so I always prefer to try something like this then. And here they actually serve one of the best asparagus soups I had. Oh really? Yeah. Ah. Some really don't know how to make it, I guess. So yeah. This one's really nice. Yeah, so we have questions about beer, I think. Because mm -hmm. when we were in the Stiftkeller earlier, we noticed the the Dunkel beer is actually from Germany. Mm -hmm. Is there is there quite a tradition of beer brewing in Austria as well? And what sort of what is the local beer? What is the beer people should drink if they come to Innsbruck? We have lots of sort of local beers. I wouldn't say that there's one Austrian beer brand that you should try, because basically all the valleys or most of the valleys have their own beer brewery, and they're very proud of um, like especially the valleys. They're very proud of their national. Uh, being part of this kind of entity of a valley and they have their own local clothes, their own local songs and also their own local breweries. So for example, one that I really like, which is of the Zillertal Valley, which is just maybe half an hour um, drive from here, is the Zillertal beer. Uh, it's quite a nice one. I would also, if you're in Innsbruck, I would try to go to the Theresienbräu, which is a pub and restaurant. And there they even have their own brewery, like they just brew the beer themselves. And lots of the pubs, bars and restaurants have a small brewery at the back to brew their own beer. 
Oh, quite nice. That's very cool. So this is like the original microbrewery. Yeah. Before it was called a microbrewery. Yeah. And now everywhere in America, people just keep going on about microbreweries being the best. Okay. But you've been doing this for years, for years and years and years, just, years. Like if you have some space, like I actually have some friends of my own. They have like their own brewery themselves because it's, it's not very hard to brew their, your own beer. Yeah, you know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Get the ingredients. They have some geeks and they like to have their own beer. So yeah. <laughs> they do it. Nice. Yeah. But in Germany, like in Bavaria, we see they've got these purity laws about how you can only use wheat, hops, yeast. And do you have these sorts of things or are people yeah. experimenting here? No, it's, it's a very um, strict law that you need to follow if you want to make your own beer and if you want to sell it to guests and so on. It's like one of the purest things that you can have because you know exactly what is inside. So they are very um, strict, these laws. But of course, if you have your own home brewery, you do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure like as all the ingredients must be locally sourced. It's, it will be fine as well. Yeah. It's just a question of they kind of are able to find your taste. So. so with this craft beer scene coming in, this is sort of upsetting the traditions in some way. By having all these different ingredients going in. Oh yeah. For example, I know in Belgium and so on, they have lots of beer with cherry in it and raspberry in it and so on. Mm. And that's not like we don't have it. We really have more traditional beers. They're ones with lots of wheat. The only thing we also have is we sometimes mix it with a Coke. So have like half beer, half Coke. Is this the Rattler thing that we're No, saying? that's a, a Rattler. Um, it's uh, translated as Shanty. Oh, and, yes, like Shanty. And that's half uh, beer and half either Sprite or Anbuda. I don't know if you've heard of Anbuda, that's a traditional Austrian soft drink. And it's kind of a herbs lemonade. Quite nice, mm. sweet. And you can mix it with, with your beer and then you also have a radler. Maybe we should, we should order one Andula here so you can try it as well. Sure. Yeah, try it out. I've never heard of it. Unless it's like, it, I mean the name sounds similar to something in England called Iron Brew. That's like a, yeah, like a strange, unusual lemonade. I don't know if that's the same sort of thing. No, I think Andula, like at the moment it's only served in like the Austrian uh, or German speaking countries. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's part, unfortunately, like Coca-Cola bought it off. So part of this company and I think they try to make some strategy to kind of spread it more um, but it's well, it was originally here oh, <laughs> yeah, Coca-Cola Coca-Cola Coca -Cola bought the traditional drink that's classic Coca-Cola and taken over the world oh, yeah <laughs> but at least you haven't changed the ingredients I hope <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I guess if they change the ingredients it causes a lot of problems people will be very upset Exactly. Mm, There's actually a massive portion of cheese for us. There's a huge portion of cheese. <laughs> uh, I told you people here just like to eat a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to go away hungry. No. No. The people here do not seem to be very overweight. So how are they eating all this food? Because <laughs> they're going hiking every day. Is I really think it's because of the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was um, a few years ago um, a survey by the European Union, mm -hmm. and. <laughs> It's a kind of a strange survey because they try to find out which region is the fittest one because they do it regionally, so not only in country-wise but also regionally-wise. And they found out that women in the Tyrol region, 
which Innsbruck is the capital of, um, are the thinnest and the fittest of all the uh, European regions. Really? And they also question so why why is this? And I believe it's because of the mountains, because we're very active. Like we hike up the mountains um, quite regularly, and or mountain biking or skiing and so on. Yeah. For us, it's very natural to be on the mountains and maybe stay fit this way. But they didn't mention anything of the men, so just the women. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, quite fun because in Innsbruck in summer it gets degrees from 30 to 35 uh, degrees in the valley like in the city but on top of the mountains it's always 10 degrees cooler so all the locals go up the mountains in summer and go for some hikes or some mountain restaurants just enjoy scenery and so on because it's more chilly and it's nicer yeah so and for the Indian guests that we have <laughs> they also really like it because I mean they are used to quite a hotness over there but that's that's quite nice yeah, yeah. Mm. But is spring a good time to come here? We're seeing there's less tourists. We've read that during the summer it's really busy. And so at the moment it doesn't feel that busy. Yeah. I mean, the busiest season that we have is uh, the winter season actually, yeah. because of all those winter sports. December, January is very crowded. Also we have the Christmas market season at that time. And it's very popular, especially with mm. Italians. Yeah. So when you visit between end of November and beginning of January, you hear Italian everywhere. So that's quite nice. <laughs> of course, like for Asian people, they come especially in summer because they are more summer tourists. Um, but Innsbruck in general is an all-year-round destination. So it depends on what you want to see because, um, of course, in spring with lots of Easter markets, also the so-called Sonnenwendfeuer. I think it just missed them because then they lit um, kind of figures on the mountains with fire. So they have kind of... And when you look on the mountains from the bottom you see like a, a giant cross or something like this and it's all lit up with fire so that's quite nice as well very cool and i mean in summer we have lots of festivals um, there's the new orleans jazz festival because new orleans is one of our partner cities of innsbruck they sent like they were they were sending students like for summer school for 40 years now and they also therefore we like made up this um festival and they send lots of jazz musicians from the states and also from all of Europe here and also the um, concerts, the promenade concerts, they have like free classical music plays every July in the evening uh, for free in the courtyard of the Imperial Palace, also quite nice. Very cool. So basically you can do and stay whenever you want. Yeah, yeah all year round there's something to do. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed walking around the town last night after the tourists had sort of gone to bed. Yeah. It was very, very nice yeah. um, seeing the architecture lit up uh, in the evening yeah. and just uh, mainly felt like it was more locals that were out having a drink and then during the day there was more the, the tour buses are coming through. So going out in the evening, the place where we're staying, the host there said essentially this is a really young person destination and there's a lot of sort of nightlife areas and it's really popular so maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what's available for people um, well this is um, the population of Innsbruck is uh, 130,000 but on top of this we have 30,000 students so this means that every fifth to sixth person that you see in the streets is, ac is actually a student and therefore of course you need to cater to their needs so we've got a really nice nightlife scene 
I really like Type House. We've already seen it. It's quite a nice bar, pub, restaurant. They also have some plays there from time to time, live music. I also really like the Irish pubs. We have two Irish pubs. And even though it's, it's Irish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. And uh, every Thursday um, they have live music at the uh, Galway's Irish pub. Um, and you can actually sing along. So if you like singing, just go there and join in. Join in. Yeah, that's very really nice. Cool. And also um, the La Cabana and La Copa in the old town. Every Friday they have a karaoke night, so that's quite nice if, if you like something like this. And um, the local pubs, like typical like Tyrolean pubs, like the Theresienbräu, which have their own brewery at the back, quite nice. Also the Graf Vogel, which is kind of a restaurant and bar and pub uh, at the Maria Theresien Street. Also very nice. And yeah, I think really Innsbruck is a very urban, young town, quite lively, quite vibrant. We've got lots of shopping facilities as well. It's for the young people. And quite also, a few uh, food vans getting around as well. Yeah. Is that like a new thing that's popped up or like getting no, get, getting a sausage from a van? Is like yeah, that's, that's like what that's everyone what does. That's a student thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah cheap, I mean, uh, in the evenings, like when all the restaurants are closed and after going out in the pubs and so on, you're still hungry, you just pop by one of these uh, sausage stands and you get um, a sausage. Yeah. What's the best sausage to get? Um, well, I would try a Bosna. Bosna is very traditional sausage type here with bread and onions and, and so on. It's quite nice. But you need to have a chewing gum afterwards. So. <laughs> it's like a very spicy, garlicky flavor, or it's, what is it? I wouldn't say spicy. There's some garlic in it, some onion in it. I think maybe some curry if you like this. Yeah. Um, but the sausage in general is kind of typical Tiroler. Italian sausage. Yeah, sausage. we had the Johanna last night. Okay. Yeah. Is that also local? Or is that more German one? Um, I think it's available in both countries. My favorite sausage is a Käsekreiner. I don't know if you've tried this. This is sausage with cheese in it. Oh, it's delicious. Well, this yes. is like a winner yeah. for us already. Oh, well, we have to find that. I so that you love. Okay. Käsekreiner. 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 Yeah. We have to find that. Yeah. It's like they serve it in all the different um, stands, like this sausage stands that there are because there's one in the old town one at the Maria Dresden street and the best which I like the best is at the Triumph Arc just next to it yeah and you can either have it directly or you can have it in the bread as well this case kind of very oh, cool. nice. That's on the yeah. way back to our hotel. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll like, food. anything after yeah. how late we go home, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sad for the guys working in the trucks in, <laughs> yeah. in January out at five in the morning. Uh, tricky, yeah. yeah, that's going to be tough. Oh, I guess. Well, hey. Hey. Oh, wow. Oh. That's your Kaspatzl. Thank you. <laughs> Now you see why I say it's not really a star. It's not at all. <laughs> not at all. Carbolicious. Only an Italian could eat that much for a starter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Wow. Thank you. So this is the sauerkraut? Yes. Yeah. Actually, can I? Oh, no, it's not sauerkraut. Oh, it's not? No, it's, but I crowd a lot. It's like cabbage salad. Cabbage salad. Oh, it's just like, so yeah. sort of similar, but not quite. It's just like coleslaw without mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, okay. So remind me of the name of this one. What you're having is Tiroler Gröstel. So that's a fried mixed up of potatoes, meat, 
onions and egg on top of it. Yeah, so literally it came out in a, a sort of a, a metal dish that could easily have been heated and it is just big chunky bits of beef on top of all these almost like sautéed potatoes with chives and some onions and a whole fried egg on top. Mm. And yeah, this is a hearty meal. This is all hearty food. <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> As we said before, this is real mountain food because it's uh, this is going to keep you full up. You can go hiking for days after. Yeah, you can this. weather a snowstorm with this food. Mm. Cheesy awesome. Yeah, so tell us about yours, Megzi. So mine is a dumpling, like a traditional dumpling that's... But they're like mini, mini dumplings. Mini dumplings. So closer to noodles, but... Yeah, like a, yeah, like a noodle with cheese. And then they've just put some chives over the top with um, some fried, like super crispy fried onions. And it's just uh, cheesy, awesome, filthy. Yum, yum time. I'm going to be really full after this. I have to concur, like, as you pick up a wedge of noodles that have all been stuck together with cheese and they just, they hang off your fork and you know this is going to be a cheesy heaven hit of deliciousness. Mm. Oh my god. If you can see, and you can't. If and it's you... baked as well. Yeah. So you have that those brownish, like when you bake cheese and it goes kind of brownish and crispy and awesome, that's, that's what I'm eating. <laughs> Yeah, if you could see how much stringy amounts of cheese is coming off this as we lift it off the plate, you would uh, be very excited. And the name of this one again was? In German it's Kastspatzel. Kastspatzel. We try to translate it with kind of a, a dough noodle with cheese, but for Spatzel there's no proper... It's just Spatzel. <laughs> It's well, good. Whatever it, the name, it is very, very tasty. And we will put the correct spelling on the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost the end of the show. What does that mean? It means it's more wine time. Wine. Yeah. What else does it mean? I guess it must be travel homework time then. Yeah. It must be. So firstly, it goes without saying, if you have been inspired by what is on offer in Innsbruck, Austria, visit. Yep. Don't yeah. wait till it's like, oh, I can only go in snow season. You can go all year round. There's so much stuff to do. But that wouldn't be the most original travel. It's a bit obvious, work. isn't it? I think we've used that one before. Yeah. So we have a new task. Yep. If you have a kitchen, I want you to make strudel. I want you to make it. And I want you to take photos of it. It doesn't have to be apple, remember? It was, we tried out Anything. loads of really crazy flavors. Do Go broccoli. for the, yeah, broccoli and blue cheese. Go for that. But yeah, make a strudel and send a photo to us on Twitter of your strudel at MyTravelFreedom. Tag us in there and we'll let reshare us it. it and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll see what amazing delicacies you can come up with. That's right. If you make strudel and take a photo, we promise to share it around our 10,000 Twitter followers. How about that? Done. That sounds like a fair deal. Done, done, done. Nice. 
Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Maxie. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.